What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. A pretty good way to start out Fantasy Week 15. A lot of fantasy points and a fun overtime thriller. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, as we get you prepared for the rest of the Week 15 slate. Seven NFC home games to preview today. Adam, Dave, and Jamie. Chargers 27, Raiders 24. How'd it go for you last night, Dave? Mixed bag. I'm playing against Jamie in one league. He's got Waller. I'm playing against Heath in another league. I've got Waller. Boom. And then in, in, a, in a third league I'm in, uh, I didn't have anybody going, but he had Eckler, Aguilar, and Hunter Henry. Ooh, oh, that's not bad. So I, take I, yeah, I'll actually take, take it. Yeah, because Eckler didn't deliver what I thought he would. He didn't even have 100 total yards. Uh, Aguilar didn't have a great game, but he broke his pinky uh, and or dislocated, whatever. He played through it. And then Hunter Henry had a good, pretty good game after all. Yeah, he did. One um, out of three, I'll take. Absolutely, Jamie. How about you? How's the uh, how did Thursday night go? It went it went fairly well. Uh, like Dave, I have Waller in two leagues, and I'm playing against him in one. So um, that one is not fun, but the other two are great. Uh, the league I share with my brother-in-law, we have not won yet. We are in the semifinals. We're the two seed, and our opponent started their car. So. Actually, I'm in nice. two, two leagues, That's two semifinals great. where my opponent started Derek Carr. <laughs> oh, so, wow. Um, you know, I'm fortunate for, for those yeah. fantasy managers yeah, when those things happen. But yeah, I, was not played against, I played against Keenan Allen in three leagues as well. Oh, wow. He only played 36% of the snaps. Mike Williams played 42% of the snaps. They were total duds. It was really, it sucked to see Carr go, go out like that. Mariota came in and played well, and Waller had a great game. Uh, I played against Waller and Josh Jacobs in one league, so I don't even think I'll bother setting a lineup because it is over. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> just kidding, obviously. All right, let's talk about the game. So Derek Carr strained his groin. Josh Jacobs got banged up. Hunter Renfro left with an injury. Nick Bosa left with an injury. Jacobs did come back. How about Joey Bosa? That's to him too. Joey yeah. Bosa, believe it or not. Yeah, and wow. Nick Bosa was so hurt watching it that yeah, he who's left. More, who's the more injured Bosa at this point? Uh, still Nick. Still Nick. <laughs> right. uh, but you got to be worried though. about Joey. Yeah, I mean, at this point, why would he play? Uh-huh. Because they because they're year. they're professionals. Yes, but yeah, they have concussions on the season, right. and they're not going anywhere. So. All right. Well, uh, we'll see. Um, Justin Herbert, though, so he scored eight points in overtime and got up to thirty-one. But he really played great, 
And uh, there was no pass rush to speak of. One sack for both teams. One there was sack no secondary to speak of. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'll just throw it to you guys, Jamie. What What are your takeaways from the Raider from the Chargers? We'll start with them. Uh, could they play the Raiders every week? Um, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, I mean, look. Obviously, the you, you heard throughout the broadcast what they kept saying about Rod Marinelli's focus on the defense was to stop the run, and they you know pretty much did that for the majority of the game. Take away the twenty seven yard run for Austin Eckler, and it wasn't a great game for him running the ball. Uh, they did give up the rushing touchdown. The, well, the two rushing touchdowns, but the one to Kalen Balage. But for the most part, their run defense was was certainly improved. But they were down four guys. I mean, you know, it was it was just a bad secondary to watch. Uh, those guys were open all day for the Chargers. And we're obviously talking about their third and fourth options at wide receiver as opposed to their top two guys who didn't play very much, like you said. So it's hard to take a lot away from the, the receiving core. It was great to see Hunter Henry score, like Dave said. He had a very good game. Uh, and then for the Raiders, I, I think at this point, you got to expect Marcus Mariota in week 15. Um, week 16, excuse me, uh, with what John Drew said after the game. So he looked great. I mean, you know, I, I would imagine based on the overlying theme of John Gruden and Derek Carr uh, during their tenure together that Gruden, I'm sure, is looking forward to seeing Mariota start a game, uh, go through a week of preparation, see how he does, because, you know, who knows? He, he, he's he's the, the, the prototypical NFL quarterback right now, you know, or what, or what I think most people think the prototypical NFL quarterback is right now. Guy could run, guy can move, uh, can, can do some things with his legs. And he threw the ball pretty well. Yeah, for but he what can't Mar- throw. Like. <laughs> I mean, he threw he, he threw very well yesterday. He had but some amazing passes yeah, yesterday. He did. He also had a terrible interception that was you know mm-hmm. late in the game, and then he should have thrown another pick. And I don't overtime. know if that was a. I mean, it was a pretty if, bad if, throw. It, it was a bad throw, but it still hit Zay Jones in the hands, and and that led to the interception. I, I mean, guess. You know, but if, if that ball gets knocked down, we're not talking about him having a bad game. No, he had a good game. I mean, yeah. he came in and what did he score? He scored uh, twenty seven points. He had a really good game. Um, I don't know who's trusting him against Miami next week, but maybe you're maybe you're desperate and 88 yards. I mean, he's usually not that good, but I would trust him more than Carr next week. A healthy, oh, yeah, sure. So, I, and, and you talked about it. You went up against two teams that started Derek Carr. Clearly, they're streaming. True. So, Mario, well, I hope they're losing. <laughs> well, sure, but other people, if they sneak past you, then there would be in the market Thanks, for another quarterback. <laughs> Uh, Kalen Balage. Trust got, me, I, I hope that's not work. the team that uh, beat you this week, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Kalen Balage got the goal line work. One. That was annoying. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, did you hear what I said? Kalen Balage. No. Kalen Balage goal line work. Very annoying. Very. Yeah. It, it looked like sense. Eckler. It looked like Eckler was a little bit shaken up at one point during the game. He went over yep. and like kind of doubled over. Uh, looked like he was grabbing the first his leg. half. Yep. Um. But he, he, he finished the game, you know, and, and he had the big run after after that instance. So it just seems like that's their plan. They want they want a bigger burning back at the goal. Line. They also said that they were kind of limiting Eckler or there at least there's that report. Um, right. so, yeah, Glazer's report. Yep. Yeah. And he played only 62 percent of the snaps. And uh, that was that was the big bust. Hopefully you didn't play Keenan Allen. But I think there's nothing more frustrating in fantasy than the well, he's going to play, but he's going to be on a pitch count. Because yes. you just you just never know how that's going to work out, and it was actually true for both Williams and Keenan Allen in this game. But I feel like usually with star players, when you hear that, it's not true. And I'm glad I didn't have to make that decision. I probably would have started him as like a top thirty guy for sure. And uh, yeah, that's what I did. Right? I'll give you. I'll give I you have a great option to replace him. Right. I give you three three instances. One, I'm playing against Jake Sealy in our IDP league. It's such a deep league. He had to start him. You know, I I don't know who else he had, but he had to start him. Um. In a 10-team league, I'm playing against somebody. I was surprised that they started him because that that manager had better options, but I'm sure he heard active and played him. 
And then I have another friend who I give, you know, some fantasy advice to. He's in a 10 team league. I said, you have you have no reason to play him. You have such better options. So it, it's, it's so hit or miss with how you have to approach things like that. And we're probably going to have a few of these situations this weekend too. Okay. Well, that's uh, it was a fun way to start the, the uh, week really stunk about Derek Carr's injury would have been nice to see what he could have done uh, against this chargers defense, but we got a, a great game that lasted almost an entire overtime session. And I think the good thing is though, from the Raiders, if it is Mariota, you should feel comfortable with Waller and Jacobs moving forward because those guys produced with the backup quarterback. And that's always the concern is, will the backup help the stars play well? The stars played well. Hey, what do you think Anthony Lynn would have done if Herbert didn't get in on that third and one dive? Same thing again. Gone for it. Not kick the field goal for the tie? <laughs> no. I mean, what's... <laughs> it's Anthony I mean, that, Lynn, Jamie. That, that, that... It, it's a shame that he's going to get fired because, you know, you never want to see a person get fired, but... That's the most coveted job in the NFL. Yep. Mm, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Justin Herbert at the end was like, I got in. I got in. He's <laughs> <laughs> so young. Says such a young voice. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, you got the HQ the HQ at noon. CBS Sports HQ. Check it out. Noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. If you missed the noon show, you can watch it on demand on your OTT device. Scroll down. Uh, get the CBS Sports app. Scroll down until you see the FFT familiar faces. And Sunday, action-packed Sunday, FFT and 5 at 8.30. Uh, HQ at 10. Twitch at noon. 4 p.m. Eastern, Saints Chiefs home team watch party presented by Lowe's. We'll see you on Twitch. Marcus Colston and Dante Hall are joining the show to talk about the Saints and the Chiefs. 4 p.m. Eastern, twitch.com slash FF today. I'm going to give you some guys uh, who, I don't know, they either have tough matchups or they're not players that we typically start. And I'm just going to ask you, are you sure about these guys? Are you sure about these five guys? My cousin Vinny reference. Uh, Cam Akers against the Jets. I've been recommending him to everyone, uh, but Jets' run defense has proven to be okay. So, you know, solid. Are we sure about Cam Akers being top 12? Yes. No. No? Where do you have top, him? Uh, top 12? No. Top 15? Definitely. Okay. Because it's the Jets and it's the Rams and they like to run the football. They want to be at least balanced, if not run heavy. Um, you know, my decision on not to put Jared Goff in my top 12 boiled down to how comfortable is this coaching staff just letting Wait, Goff... did you think I said Goff? No, I'm getting around to Oh, okay. Acres. The whole point is that I don't think they want Goff throwing a ton game to game, week to week. Could he have an effective game and have three touchdowns? Of course. But I think they want to run the football. I think they're really happy with Cam Akers and what he's been giving them. And the Jets have allowed two touchdowns to running backs in their past eight games, but still 4.1 yards per carry. I think he'll be good. I don't think he could finish as like a top five running back this week. Okay. Well, we still love him. Um, are we sure about Jeff Wilson? I know Raheem Mostert played, so that would, or uh, practice, that would, uh, you know, make things a little foggy there. But let's say he's out. Let's just do that for now. Let's say Mostert's out. Jamie, are we sure about Jeff Wilson at Dallas? Because Wilson hasn't had that great of a career, to be quite honest. Uh, no, but you're buying into Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers run game, and the Dallas defense. You know, So um, is he a top 12 guy? Should you start him over Akers? No. Is he a top 20 guy? Yes. I would start him as the best running back in that game. Okay, if Mostert He's played plays, almost 50% of the snaps each of the last two weeks. Yeah, if Mostert plays, who's the best running back in that game? I would still lean toward Mostert because, again, the Cowboys' defense is bad, and he should still get the majority of work. And I doubt that they're going to put him out there if they don't feel comfortable with him. But it could be a Keenan Allen situation where you know he plays, he doesn't play the um, 
usual amount of snaps, which at this point he's basically splitting with Jeff Wilson anyway, but he still gets the more high level touches that you like. What about goal line carries? Who gets those? I would still assume it's Mostert, but you never know. Yeah, you never know with them. Okay. Yeah. Wilson profiles is the guy that would get in there. Both have played in that role over the last couple of weeks. Are we sure about Kyler Murray against the Eagles? Yes. Yep. Looked better last week. Should have had a better game fantasy-wise than he had last week. Philadelphia's secondary is depleted. Okay. Are we sure about T.Y. Hilton against Houston? I mean, T.Y. Hilton as a start, yes. As a top 15 guy, like like with Cam Akers, are we sure about him being a total stud this week? I mean, he's got four touchdowns in his last three games. He just beat up this defense two weeks ago. He beats up this team for his career. I, I don't know why you would get away from him. So if you don't want to start him over X wide receiver, that's fine. But he should be in your starting lineup if you start three receivers and a flex. I'd have a hard time finding that X wide receiver because Hilton has flashed his speed over the last three weeks. And the most impressive thing is that the chemistry with Phillip Rivers has been on display. And I don't see the Colts getting away from that. Are we sure about Calvin Ridley against Tampa Bay? Yeah, I'm nervous, but it's it's hard to bench somebody with his track record. He's done. He, I think he's got a floor of 10 non-PPR points in the three games without Julio Jones this season. Right. Well, we certainly want more than that for what he is, but that's a, that's a solid floor. It's not like there have been no good wide receivers who have done well against who, who it's not like, it's not like every, you know, number one wide receiver has been shut down by Tampa Bay, but some of them have, some of them have been really, really bad. Um, who would you start Hilton or Ridley? Still Ridley, but it's close. Yep. Okay. By the way, Dave, when you said that Hilton has flashed his speed, and Jamie, remember last week you, you brought up Chris Harris saying like uh, the alien thing. If you were an alien, you'd seen yes. football. If you were an alien and you hadn't watched any football and you watched Nelson Aguilar last night, like doesn't he just look like he's a star? He's tall and he's fast. Until he has a pass hit him in the hands. It, well, break his dislocate his finger sure but I just he just looks like he could be such a great player yeah it would have been nice to see you know Mariota throw a better ball down the when he had the seam wide open yes um, exactly and he threw it behind him and then Aguilar got popped in the ribs uh, he may have got hit harder if the ball was accurate but uh, in any event it would have been nice to see if, if he put the ball out in, in, in space and let him go run to get it speaking of aliens <laughs> speaking of alien space. space oh I like that it's like, run to get it. Is that that one flew over Adam's head. <laughs> All right. News and notes. James Conner mispractice. We'll update you on the mailbag show, the Saturday mailbag show. But if Conner's out, Benny Snell is what? Low end number two running back in non-PPR and a high-end mm-hmm. flex in PPR. He might make the cut as a low-end number two running back in PPR, too. Just I would start him over running out of guys. David Johnson, over Melvin Gordon, yep. over Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm there with all three. Curtis Samuel was questionable with a hamstring injury. They play Saturday at Green Bay. Every Miami Dolphin was limited. Everyone, the entire team. Brian Flores was limited. Uh, but all like Gasicki, Parker, Savan Ahmed, Jakeem Grant, all limited. So uh, what do we do, Dave, with the Dolphins? You're probably going to have to take it to Sunday. With Parker, I think you've got to look at him as I think all these guys are flexes anyway, at best. Some of these guys you're not gonna start you're not gonna start Jakeem Grant. But if they're all out, then Bowden's profile rises quite a bit. I, I we'll see what the injury report says. I'm sure they'll be questionable for the game. Ahmed, if he's active, assuming that yeah, Gaskin can't even play. I'd like him as a flex. 
Parker's a flex. Uh, and Bowden would be a low-end PPR flex if those guys are active. Uh, Jamie, James Bradbury is not going to play for the Giants. He's on the reserve COVID list. He's been their, arguably their best defensive player. Uh, how much does this help Baker Mayfield in the passing game? If they want to throw, it certainly helps them. I just don't see them having to throw in this game. You know, it's going to be uh, a very scaled down offense offense for the Giants um, if it's Colt McCoy again. You know, so I, I I don't see Baker having a huge pass volume. So I would try and get away from him. But this certainly makes it easier if you want to trust Jarvis Landry, uh, who I think is a you know low end number two, high end number three receiver, better in PPR than non PPR. And if you want to take a flyer on Rashard Higgins, it makes it more easy to trust him as well. You know, but again. I don't know just what the volume will be there. Right. Okay. Uh, Alex Smith mispracticed, but he hasn't been ruled out. He could basically mispractice and then still play. Antonio Gibson did work on the side. We're still not expecting Antonio Gibson. Uh, Washington safety to Shazer Everett is out for the season. We previewed this game yesterday, I believe. Uh, did we? Or is that today? I don't remember. I think we previewed that game yesterday. But does does that matter to you, uh, Jamie? Does Shazer Everett being out, does that matter for Russell Wilson? No, I think Russell Wilson is, uh, it's hard to bench Russell Wilson. Like, I, I don't think you should get cute and bent and play um, Jalen Hurts or Rivers or any of these other guys. I, I know it's it's hasn't been a great stretch of games for Russell Wilson, but you still see what the upside is for him. And as we've seen throughout his career, sometimes he doesn't need a lot of volume to be successful. But this is, uh, this, this is certainly makes it a little bit easier if you want to trust the receivers. You're not benching DK Metcalf, but we talked about Tyler Lockett and where he stands. So it could help him as well. Okay. Kyle Rudolph mispracticed. There's a player that is rostered in like 15% of CBS leagues that is ranked in the top 12. That is Irv Smith. That's assuming Kyle Rudolph is out. Irv Smith would have a really good opportunity. So if you need a tight end, take a look at him. Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay are both questionable. I guess right now we're expecting them to play against Buffalo on Saturday. Daniel Jones may not start. It might be Colt McCoy Sunday night. Chase Edmonds mispracticed again. That's interesting. We'll preview that game. Robert Woods was limited in practice. He's been upgraded. I think he was out Wednesday, limited he Thursday. Was. It's a step in the right direction. Um, Michael Thomas has mispracticed for the second straight day. Julio Jones mispracticed, but Michael Thomas might be the one that we need to talk about here. Are we concerned about Michael Thomas playing at this point? And if he doesn't play, Dave, what would that mean for Taysom Hill? I think the Saints are going to try and run the ball a bunch anyway in the game. Just what do you do against Patrick Mahomes? You try and keep him on the sideline so your defense doesn't have to deal with him. So I'm nervous to use Michael Thomas in non-PPR. He'd be a number two receiver for me anyway. If he doesn't play, it hurts Taysom Hill, but I think he's still in the top 12 conversation at quarterback because of his rushing potential. Okay, that's pretty much all the news and notes I got. You want to do a little beat the waiver wire here? You're trying to stash someone for next week? How about Tua Tungavailoa at the Raiders? Oh my gosh. They are so bad defensively right now. Uh, Baker Mayfield's at the Jets. Mitchell Trubisky's at the Jaguars. Drew Locke is at the Chargers. Uh, Jalen Hurts at Dallas. So it's, so it's going to be another good, fun week of waiver wire quarterbacks. Um, but go ahead and get someone now. And I don't like, should we stash Savan Ahmed, do you think, at the Raiders? Yes, next week? I have been. Okay. I think you're going to see Gaskin back next week, so that could be a problem if you're looking yeah. to start a guy in your championship game. But obviously, if Gaskin is out, then sure, you can look at Ahmed. Um, it's going to be an interesting week because, you know, Brita and Ahmed, who's the, who knows what they decide to do in that regard for this week. You know, so the one concern you could have is Ahmed active, Brita active, Washington active, and Ahmed just not 100%, and they don't give him the workload that we saw a few weeks ago. 
Um, you mentioned Baker, uh, guy we just talked about, Richard Higgins, pick him up too against the Jets. Yeah. You know, if you want him for week 16, mm, he's at 35% with his roster percentage. And then depending on what the Dolphins receivers look like, you may want to take a flyer on Jakeem Grant just in case he plays and Parker doesn't. Obviously, Bowden. Uh, Mac Hollins, you know, if you want to look at a deeper league, because if they can't get through this game healthy, he had nine targets last week. He would get the Raiders next week. And then Preston Williams, if you want to stash him just to see if he comes back, he's getting close. So, you know, if he returns and Parker's still out, whatever, you, know, you could see that connection maybe pick up where it left off where Tua was leaning on Preston Williams before his knee injury. Yeah. And basically, any, anybody on the Browns you want to pick up, Browns DST, uh, they got the Jets. And they should be great this week as well. Have a good chance at least to be great this week. Houston against Cincinnati. Bears are at the Jaguars. Eagles are at the Cowboys. Those are some DSTs you can look at if you want to beat the waiver wire. All right, let's do the startometer slash trustometer. The last three games we will preview are Cleveland at the Giants, Carolina at Green Bay, and the Jets at the Rams. Probably oh, we're going to finish with Jets games. Rams. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Why? What a main event. The main event. Yeah, yeah. Well, that game, like. What do you think the spread should be? It's I think it's 17 and a half. It's 17. I think they could get away with like 20 if they wanted to. Well, who, well, who who did you pick at 17? The Rams. The Rams. The Rams. Amazing. I don't think you can take the Jets there. Yeah. Even I, at I 17. Would, I would. It's a lay it or don't play it. I think they've lost six games by 17 or more already. Yep. Um, Startometer then for Cleveland and the Giants. Basically, who do you have faith in? Dave, who are you confidently starting in the Cleveland Giants game? Uh, Nick Chubb. I think I thought I said Dave, but uh, you might have said Dave. I was <laughs> dying, coughing. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Way to step up. Jamie, Jamie was paying attention. Appreciate that. But yeah. I, I lived. I made it. Hey, here. what's who? Who's on the startometer? Hopefully, I'm a ten on the life. The life meter. Uh, you're at eight. Um, no, so other than other than Nick Chubb, is there any confident start in this game? I think Cream Hunt's okay. It's like a seven. Landry's a six and a half in PPR. What about Gallman? Because I remember two weeks ago, we were all kind of scared of Gallman at the Seahawks. Thought they were going to lose big, good run defense, and he had over a hundred yards. Um, Gallman is he a sa- is he a safe start this week? I don't know if safe's the best word. I think I'd give him a six on the starter meter because I love the track record coming into the game. And I don't think the matchup is that tough for him. Okay. So, guys, who's a better flex, Wayne Gallman or Jarvis Landry? PPR Landry, non PPR Gallman. Uh, yes. Okay. Jamie, I'll give you the Carolina Green Bay game. Who are you confidently starting? Mike Davis and the main Packers. Okay. Including Robert Tunyon, right? Including Robert Tunyon. All right. So why not the Carolina wide receivers? Well, you said confident. <laughs> so yeah. that kind of takes that <laughs> off the table for them. Uh, I think it would help DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson if Curtis Samuel's out because then there's more targets directed in their more targets in their direction. Um, in the red I, zone, especially. I think. If you have them there, they're all in play for sure. But how's DJ Moore's health in terms of his ankle? How is Robbie Anderson going to produce with those guys there? Because he's kind of taking advantage of the last game plus without a healthy DJ Moore. And then Curtis Samuel, I think, will impact Mike Davis to a certain extent because if those two guys are back, he goes back to maybe taking some carries away. 
So it's just the, the receivers are borderline number two, number three receivers. But in terms of confident, I don't think you can apply that word to them. Okay. And the Packers, their secondaries, you know, healthier now. They're really good against wide receivers. And they're, I think, a, a very slow-paced team. And I want to say they see the second fewest plays in the NFL. Yeah. And that's that's how they do it. I mean, they they just they're slow and they don't allow a lot of plays. And it's like, how has their defense been good this year? They have no pass rushes. You don't get on the field against them. Uh, you know why that is, right? With Rodgers? Green 80! He takes the play clock down to one yeah. every time. Yeah. Every single time. <laughs> uh, all right. So would you start um, Jarvis Landry or your favorite Carolina wide receiver? I would favorite. start more in Anderson over yeah. Landry. Yeah, the favorite Carolina receiver. How about Gallman or DJ Moore? More. More, more in PPR. Oh, that makes Gallman, sense Gallman because I asked you Gallman versus Landry. Okay, so how about Kareem Hunt or DJ Moore? More. Uh, I'd start Kareem Hunt and both. Mm. You just think a lot of fourth quarter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jets at Rams. Okay, sit all Jets, start all Rams? Yes. Sort of. I mean, Goff is top 15, not top 12, as Dave said earlier. Uh, Higby is a flyer. Um, Woods and Cup. So, you know, when... um. When they had the pick six last week, it was just like, uh-oh. This is not going to be a good game for Woods and Cup. The blowout, the the route was on. So how confident are you in, in those two guys? The, yes, the pass defense is horrible, but you also, you know where I'm getting at here. This could be a low-volume game for Goff. Uh, let's go to Dave. If you don't love Goff, it's hard to love Woods and Cup. You, you start Woods and Cup because they're volume-driven receivers who have the potential for huge games. And the one thing about the Jets secondary is that they're terrible and they could allow a lot of yards after the catch. And that's what helps both Goff and woods. So I like them as number two receivers. I, I feel like I'm sitting on the fence when I say that, that I can't be bold and say, yeah, you got to start them or say, yeah, you got to sit them. But I really think that that's where they go. They're, they're kind of on that list of receivers that, okay, you'll start them because you know what their upside is and their downside could be really bad, but usually it's okay. Usually they can be at least okay, certainly in PPR, to help you get through a week. Okay. You guys would start Brandon Ayuk over them? For sure. Yep. Okay. All right, more on those games a little bit later, but that's basically the gist of it. Let's go to Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Stat of the game. No quarterback has scored more than 22 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues without rushing totals in seven straight games against the Falcons. So they've gotten better. Now they've given up big games to Drew Locke and, and Taysom Hill twice, but both of those guys did a lot with their legs. We're not going to see that from Tom Brady. The Falcons have allowed eight passing touchdowns in their last seven games. And that you got to take it a little bit with a grain of salt because the competition hasn't been nearly as good, but still, they've gotten better. So what do you think about Tom Brady? Um, Jamie, how much do you like him this week? I like him a lot. I mean, you know, you've seen enough from this defense to know that they're not great. Certainly against the pass. You've seen enough from Brady to know that he's been good in daytime matchups that are favorable for him. Um, they're playing indoors. I think that'll matter, uh, you know, in terms of any weather concerns for this weekend. So if you're comparing him to some other quarterbacks, I think that's something to factor in. And if there's no Ronald Jones, I don't think the run game is going to be very good. 
So there's an opportunity here for Brady to dominate the offense. Uh, I'm sure Bruce Arians is excited that he may not have to run the ball at all. And so bad secondary, strong game script. Uh, Brady's got top five upside. Okay. And Dave has him fifth. Jamie has him sixth. And Heath has him eighth. So we do like him quite a bit. Guys, Tom Brady or Russell Wilson? I have Brady higher. Uh, Same. Tom Brady or Kyler Murray? Uh, Kyler Brady. I've got Brady higher. Okay. Yeah, for Jamie, it goes Kyler, Brady, Wilson, back to back to back. For Dave, it's Brady, Wilson, Taysom Hill, Kyler Murray. And rankings are, you know, Brady's Brady's behind Murray and Wilson for Heath, but not that far behind. Um, all right, so yeah, let's talk about the Bucks running game here. It, uh, Dave, with Ronald Jones, would you start him? If he's out, would you start Fournette? I'd be a little nervous to start Ronald Jones at this point because how much practice did he have this week? How much work would they reliably give him knowing that he didn't get in a full workload in practice? So uh, that that would make me a little nervous. I think the Falcons' run defense has been pretty good since the Dan Quinn firing. I think it's three touchdowns on the ground to running backs in seven games. So I'd, I would be a little hesitant unless it was a situation where Ronald Jones is clearly fine, there's nothing wrong, and uh, the reports say he's going to get his typical workload. Short of that, I would be nervous to use him. If he's out, I'm going to be nervous to use Leonard Fournette. We really haven't seen Fournette play well at all this year. And uh, and I don't think Fournette would get like the full... I don't think he'd get the type of workload that Rojo's been getting. I think he'd end up splitting a lot more with LaShawn McCoy and maybe even a little bit more of Keyshawn Vaughn. Okay. Would you start Fournette over Ezekiel Elliott if Ronald Jones is out? I would not. No. Okay, would you start Ronald Jones over Ezekiel Elliott if Ronald Jones is in? Yes. I think I would. Okay. How about the Niners starting running back or Ronald Jones? I might start, oh, over Ronald Jones. If Jones plays, I will probably... Jones easy. If, if If Mostert is on the field, I'll take Jones. If Mostert is not playing, I'll take Wilson over Ronald Jones. I agree with that. Yes. Right. Okay. That's what I figured. Right. Um, all right. The Tampa Bay and wide Fournette's receivers. Fournette's like a flex. He's at best a flex. I assume we're sitting Antonio Brown. If he can. Yeah. I mean, number three receiver in PPR. All right. There have been 18 wide receivers with seven or more targets against the Falcons. 16 of them have either 73 yards or a touchdown. And they, they see a lot of targets. Teams throw on the Falcons. So how do you feel about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? Jamie, who do you like better and, and where are they ranked? Evans, I like better just for his touchdown potential. Uh, Godwin's the number two receiver. So Evans, borderline number one. Godwin, a safe number two. Um, I think they're both certainly in play. Godwin's got a great track record against Falcons. He scored five touchdowns in his last three games against them. So hopefully that track record continues. Obviously, new quarterback, but um, the secondary is bad. We've seen it time and time again that you can have success throwing on them. So I think Godwin and Evans are in play with the run game, probably not doing very much. Okay. Uh, how about um, Brandon Ayuk, Evans, Godwin? How do you rank them? Ayuk, Evans, Godwin. Same. Okay. T.Y. Hilton over them? Yep. Ayuk, Hilton, Ayuk, Evans, Hilton. Godwin. Yeah. Ayuk, Hilton, Evans, Godwin. All right. And uh, how about... Now, we'll just leave it at that. We'll come back to them in a little bit. Rob Gronkowski. I know you you guys have him ranked pretty high. It makes sense. He's been catching a lot of touchdowns. But in his Five last... Five in his last eight games. In his last five games, he's got 12 catches. 
and six of them came in one game against the Chiefs. The other four games, this is since Antonio Brown's come over. One, two, two, six, one. Those are his catches in the five games with Antonio Brown. So three games with 25 or fewer yards. I mean, you got to be a little nervous about Gronkowski, right, Dave? I am a little nervous, and the Falcons have only let up two touchdowns to tight ends in their last nine games. So, yeah, there's 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 a little bit of trepidation, but I, I think Brady looks for him in the red zone. I think you're looking for him to score. I think he can do better than one or two catches in the game. So uh, he's he's a tight end who scores a lot, may not necessarily get six or seven targets, though we've seen it recently, just not last week. So I don't mind trusting Gronkowski, especially if you've made it this far with Gronk as your tight end. And now you're going to pivot to who? To Cole Komet? To well, Smith? no, you could pivot to Logan Thomas. In PPR, he's, be- he's better. In, he's better in non-PPR than PPR. You're hoping yeah. for a, a, a big game from the Falcons' offense because really that's the last time he was in such dire need when they were throwing the ball all over the place. So I, I don't see him having a huge game catch-wise, but he could score twice. I mean, he's got that type of potential. So he's he's a Safe start in non-PPR. He's a questionable start in PPR. But like Dave said, I wouldn't go run to the waiver wire to replace Rob Gronkowski. Not like, it's a, not and you look Smith. at Logan Thomas. It, Logan Thomas, I don't know if he's as good of a guy to get a touchdown as Gronk is. No. Uh, like, who's more likely to score? If you had to put money down on one Gronk. of them to score, yeah. it would be Gronk. Right. Now, if you had to put money down on one of them to get five receptions, I bet you'd say it's Logan Thomas. Exactly. So in PPR, you could make the case. for And, and Logan Thomas has a great matchup, too. Um, what about Herb Smith? You wouldn't go Herb Smith over Gronk? Again, I, I think, you know, you're, this, this is the type of scenario where you might get cute in benching the, the, benching the guy who helped you get here. Yeah. And so if you want to go that route, certainly you, you can absolutely look at Herb Smith. You can look at Logan Thomas. I don't, I don't know if I put Colcomet there, but if, if there is no Jimmy Graham who showed up on the injury report yesterday, that could change things for him as well. Um, they're all, they're all certainly in play, but you know, like I said, Gronk could have two for 20, and those two catches are touchdowns, and you'd be kicking yourself for benching. Okay, let's go to the Falcons here. Yesterday, I taught Frank Stample about yippee Mr. Falcon, which is just the funniest TV edit ever. Uh, Matt Ryan is a sit. We're going to approach this as if Julio Jones is out. So you're not, who's trusting Matt Ryan right now? And I'm assuming we're not starting any Bucks running back or Falcons running backs. No. Okay. No way. So Calvin Ridley's top 10 in both formats. He's just too good to bench. Talk to me about Russell Gage, Jamie. What do you expect from him? In his last four games, he has scored. I'm going to remove the passing touchdown. These are his PPR points without the passing touchdown. 12, 6, 15, 13. So that's three solid games, 12 to 15 PPR fantasy points without the passing touchdown. How do you feel about Russell Gage this week? Uh, Those are his last three, you said? Uh, Three of his last four. Three of his last four. It kind of coincides with not just Julio going down, but Zacchaeus has missed the last two games too. And so you've seen a little bit of an uptick in, in production as the players are falling by the wayside here due to injury. So I think Gage is a sneaky number three receiver in PPR. We've said it throughout the course of the season. Adam, you pointed this out very early in the year, how the second receiver against Tampa Bay has typically performed better than the first receiver. Now, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case this week. But I do think that you can look at Russell Gage as somebody who may be able to help you if you're stuck. I noticed two weeks ago, Gage was terrible. Like he was in the first half, he was dropping passes, running bad routes, and Matt Ryan kept throwing at him. He had eight targets. And he followed it up with seven targets and uh, five catches and 82 yards last week. He had 12 targets three, four, three, four games ago. 
So I, I think in PPR, I think you're on the right track. I think he's a flex play. Yeah, the the what I'm really struggling with in terms of giving advice is these wide receivers who show up around 30th in your rankings, somewhere in that range. You know, Tim Patrick and Cole and Cole Beasley, who I think is ahead of the pack, and um, Kiki QT and Russell Gage. You know, you guys have them ranked similarly. Do you feel strongly about anyone in that 30ish range? It would it be Gage? Would it be Beasley? You know, I, like, I, I've got Gage behind QT right now, and the more I think about it, the more I think I'm going to put Gage ahead of QT. Okay, but not ahead of Beasley, right? No, no, right. Okay, all right. So he's a number three wide receiver in PPR. He's a flex, uh, not a bad option. Hayden Hurst is a sit. He has been horrible. Uh, fewer than ten yards in three of his last four games. So don't start them. Bucks DST is in play. They are top 12 for everybody. Eighth for Jamie, 12th for Dave, sixth for Heath. Chicago at Minnesota. All right. Back home for Kirk Cousins. Stat of the game. Last five home games, 26 to 31 fantasy points in six point per passing touchdown leagues. Three touchdown passes in each game. But the matchups were much easier. Well, the matchups were easy. Atlanta, Detroit, Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville. They're much easier. <laughs> okay, but I'm going to tell you this about This about isn't the a bad matchup, but those were much easier. Yeah. The Okay, there are nine quarterbacks, as of before yesterday's game, nine quarterbacks who have a quarterback rating over 100. In the entire NFL, there are just nine of qualified quarterbacks. The Bears have allowed that in seven straight games. Mm-hmm. They've allowed that to Goff, Breeze, Tannehill, Cousins, Rodgers, Stafford, and Watson. All of them had passer ratings of 100.7 or better. So it's a head scratcher. Are they good? Are they bad? I don't know. But I don't think they're that good. Uh, They've allowed 20 fantasy points to a quarterback in five of the past seven, and it should have been six of seven. Watson had 17 last week, but there were back-to-back plays where he had a touchdown dropped, and then he tried to dive for a touchdown, and he was ruled just short. And if either of those plays happen, he's got himself 23 fantasy points. At least, maybe make some better plays later on in the game. So I, I don't think they're quite that good. I would trust Kirk Cousins again. Jamie, you were a little down on Cousins last week because you, you didn't like him on the road. Do you like him this week at home? I think he's fine. Yeah, I think he's in that uh, Philip Rivers, Mitchell Trubisky, um, Jared Goff. You know, if you need a quarterback and you don't love the the starter that you have, you can pivot to Kirk Cousins. I don't see a high ceiling for him in this game. Uh, I think 21, 22 points is probably the ceiling for him. Um, but, you know, the the opportunity for him to play better is there because he's at home, daytime. Um, you know, like I said, Bears are not playing great in terms of opposing quarterbacks, but I just don't see him coming out and having a monster, monster performance. Okay, and that's what he had. I think the first game he had around 21, 22 points, something right. like that, right? That was on the road. Um, other stat of the game, the Bears have allowed a touchdown catch to a tight end in five of their last seven. Should have been six of their last seven. Aikens, mm-hmm. I went back and watched that drop again. I mean, he lost it in the sun, but he was wide open. Um, so they stink against tight ends. We'll stick on the Vikings here. Uh, Dalvin Cook, yes. Jeff, any hesitation on Jefferson and Thielen? No. You can't. I know last week was a dud, but there's so much upside that they each possess. Okay, so then let's do the Cousins or game. Cousins or... Watson. Watson. I have them back-to-back, Watson a notch higher. Cousins or the guys that Jamie said, Rivers, Mayfield, I forget the other one. Trubisky, maybe? Goff. Mayfield. It, Goff. Was, it, was, it was Trubisky, Goff. Um, Trubisky, Goff. Rivers. Rivers, you said. 
And Rivers, yeah. He's behind all those guys for me, but I, I think he's in the, and you want to put him ahead of him? I, I have no problem with it. I've got him ahead. I've got my 11 through 13 in my rankings are Watson, Cousins, Rivers. Okay. And then Irv Smith, are there any tight ends that you're typically starting that you're going to sit for Irv Smith? Hayden Hurst. Yeah. I started him over Goddard. I've, I, I would too. I think I'd start him over Ingram. How do you guys feel about that? Well, if Colt, oh, if Colt McCoy yeah, plays, yeah. What if, if, if it's McCoy, yeah. What if Daniel Jones plays? Even you know if he won't Jones. be healthy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. And then uh, Trubisky. You like Cousins better than Trubisky? I do. I like Trubisky better than Cousins. I just think there's a higher ceiling for him. I think we should give him some credit. All right. The last three games: twenty-four points at Green Bay, uh, thirty points against Houston last week, and then in between, he had fourteen points against Detroit. But, you know, look, 26 of 34 for 267 yards, that's really good. Remember, David Montgomery, I think, had two touchdowns. Cordero Patterson had one. So he got a little unlucky. he had a late fumble as well. Oh, right. Yeah, that was bad. Um, So I guess why not hire on Mitchell Trubisky the way he's been playing and facing the Vikings, who are 17th against quarterbacks. Not terrible, but not not good. I I, It's... You know, Dave said 11 through 13. I would say 11 through 20 almost. No, not maybe not like 11 through 18 in my rankings. I feel very good about those guys. Um, you know, I, I just think it's a good week for this group of quarterbacks. It's just a matter of where their ceiling is versus their floor. You know, so I could see a scenario with Cousins where he plays well. He played well last week. You know, he took too many sacks, but he played well. And he gets you one more touchdown. He's he's have He has a good game. Yeah. But their running back is their best player, and they could still run on anybody. I don't care that he has a bad track record against the Bears. They'll run on the Bears. He'll have success against the Bears. With Trubisky, uh, you know, it could be the same thing where he plays well but doesn't get you that second or third touchdown and doesn't necessarily uh, avoid the turnovers. So it, it, it comes down to just what you feel with your roster. These guys are great DFS plays across the board, you know, throwing rivers, throwing golf. Um, I, I like Jalen Hurts better than this group as well just based on his rushing floor. I think that also helps Trubisky. So it's just a matter of, you know, where are you at with your with your fantasy team? Like, I would have started all these guys, and I haven't ranked this way, over Carr. And so, um, you know, take that into account with the injury. But uh, I think that th- this whole group of, of quarterbacks can all have big weeks, but you just don't know where the ceiling and the floor is kind of on a week-to-week basis with them. All right. I, I want to I finish this game real quick here because Jamie has to leave in a few minutes. And I, we got a late start today because I had a computer issue, and I apologize for that. But I want Jamie on for the Eagles-Cardinals game because that's one of the more interesting ones. That's our next game. So let me just ask you a few questions real quick. David Montgomery has had three huge games in a row. They were against the three best matchups in fantasy. Do you have faith in him this week against the Chicago Bears or the Minnesota Vikings? I'd have faith against him if he's playing the Vikings, the Bears, the Packers, the Lions, any team in the NFC North. He's he's getting too many touches and he's playing well. The offensive line is playing better for Chicago too. They figured that out. Okay. This feels like a better game for him catching the ball than it does necessarily for him running the ball. All right, we'll take either one. He's top 10 for both of you guys. He's just outside that for Heath. Allen Robinson is a must start. The Vikings are just terrible against number one receivers and no interest, it seems, in Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller. And uh, uh, Dave, a quick thought on Cole Komet. If Graham's out, I think he's a far more interesting play in PPR than non-PPR. Typical streaming tight end for this week. Irv Smith easily ahead of him, provided that Kyle Rudolph does not play. Yeah, seven targets. It's the last yeah, two weeks. That's nice. It's, it's, an it's nice, but if, if you can just as easily pick up Irv Smith, I'd rather go with Irv. Irv Smith is definitely better, but I would start Cole Komet over Hayden Hurst and Evan yeah. Ingram, for example. 
Okay. What about Goddard? Where do you have? It'll like, be I might if, consider if him if Graham's out. I might consider Komet. That's what I was going to say. If, if Graham's out, then it makes it a little bit closer. All right. Let's go to our next game. Jamie, you let me know when you have to hop off. Sure. Um, it's I'll Phil- finish the game then with them. All yeah. right. Philadelphia at Arizona. Stat of the game. The Eagles have been very good against the run, but they've allowed 13 rushing touchdowns to running backs in 13 games. That's right around one or two per game. No, it's one per game. Uh, so <laughs> that's good. Kenyon Drake in his last five games has five rushing touchdowns, and they're all from within four yards. They're from two, one, one, four, and one yards out. So um, is Kenyon Drake a start this week in what looks like a, another tough matchup? Actually, yes. I, have a, I have a better question. Kenyon Drake or Miles Sanders? Sanders. Yeah. It would change, I, if Chase Edmonds out, I would take Drake. I I feel like I feel like it's a big like going right back to Miles Sanders because of what happened last week, and we're just completely ignoring what happened before that. But I think some of that is a byproduct of Jalen Hurts being there, and it just changes the dynamic of that Philadelphia offense. And Drake is a little more of a touchdown needy running back than Sanders. Sanders should be able to get some consistent work in the passing game going here. I sure hope so. I won't ask you guys anymore about Kyler Murray. Um, I, uh, I've, I think I've beaten a dead horse this week. You've got him in their top eight. Jamie's got him fifth, I believe. Let's get the updated rankings. Jamie's got him fifth, Dave eighth, and Heath fifth. So they're starting Kyler Murray. And uh, Kenyon Drake, top 20. He's top 14 for two, uh, whatever. He's, he's kind of like 15th in the consensus rankings. Hopkins is a must start. <laughs> the Eagles, man, look at this run of wide receivers. Metcalf, Adams, Michael Thomas, and now DeAndre Hopkins. And the first three did very well. I got a feeling about Christian Kirk in DFS, by the way. Really? Or as like a flyer as a number three receiver this week. Because the secondary is so bad? Because of the secondary and because I think Kyler is starting to... Round back in I form. don't know why we're saying that he he had his lowest a dot of the season last week. Okay, I just like him because he's running more. The fact that he he took off thirteen times that's the number one reason to like him more. But yep. I wonder if the passing follows. Yeah, I guess if you want to make the case, like teams don't. I don't think they really throw deep on the Giants much. That's kind of what the Giants do. They sit back. They they don't give up the deep ball. So um, maybe that's why Kyler didn't throw deep. It was actually his second lowest a dot of the season. Um, but maybe they'll, things will change against this horrible second, it's depleted secondary. It's and, also, if you look at his numbers at home, man, he loves being in Arizona. Yeah, like in San Francisco's home park. It's almost as if every quarterback likes playing at home, except Jared Goff. <laughs> True. Uh, you could do worse, I guess, than Dan Arnold. He has a touchdown in three of his last four games, but he's not exactly a start. So let's talk about Jalen Hurts. Much more interesting guy here. He's outside the top 12, but not far from it. He had 106 rushing yards. He scored 20 points against the Saints, and he only had 167 passing yards. So, Jamie, I think you're the high guy on Jalen Hurts. Talk about how you feel about him against the Cardinals. Sure. Rushing floor is always important when you look at these quarterbacks who you know are going to move. And the fact that they've allowed five of the last seven quarterbacks to go for at least 35 yards on the ground, I think he can do that, if not more, as we saw with 100 yards against the Saints. The question will be is where does his ceiling lie with his passing numbers? And so does he get you close to 250? I think that's certainly possible. Uh, I think they're going to be chasing points here. So he's he's in play as a, as a number one quarterback. Could be a top 10 guy. Could be better than that if he gets you multiple touchdowns throwing and rushing. So I'll take my chance with Jalen Hurts um, uh, over Rivers, over Cousins, over Goff, over Trubisky. 
with the rushing floor being there. And it's, it's a, it's a total risk. I totally get that. If you want to take the safe route with those other guys, you certainly can do that. But I think the ceiling for him could be top five this week based on what this defense that he's facing and the numbers they've allowed and what his upside could be with his legs. Dave. Uh, well, I'll give you the downside for Hertz. Uh, he had a 23% bad ball rate after 25% the week before. His average depth of throw was 5.7 yards. It was a, mostly a dink and dunk type of offense. And really what it was is he'd, he'd look downfield, he'd have one read. If that guy wasn't there, he'd run. And that that actually hurts his receivers and tight ends more than it hurts him because of what Jamie's talking about with the rushing floor. And I buy into it. I just, I, I'm not sure. It, do we do we call it a 70 yard rushing floor? Do we call it a 100 yard rushing floor? What are the odds that he gets another uh, one? I'm not going to call it that. His floor. Uh, hey, look, I'd love to see it happen. I'm not sure if we can say that it's going to happen. It's not. I and mean, I'm you have to think it's what not. He does as a passer as well because I just don't think he's anywhere near as good of a thrower as uh, as any of the other rookie right. quarterbacks are right now. So. He's a little tougher. He's Taysom Hill. You have to view him like Taysom Hill. Yeah, but imagine. Like, I think Taysom Hill's a better Hill, thrower. Imagine Taysom Hill. Me too. For right, right now. But, but imagine you know what? Taysom Hertz Hill is, is, without, has a higher ceiling rushing. But imagine him with the Eagles' passing game. You know, with the wide receivers and tight ends. It's just the wide receivers stink, and the offensive line stinks. You know, that's let's not forget. This is one of the worst offenses in football. I know they're coming off a really good game, but I just don't. I I guess I'd just be nervous to buy back into his, to Miles Sanders. I'd be nervous to buy into Jalen Hurts. God, you is absolutely fine, should. But. You, you, there, there there should not be a very like if if Dave's giving him that floor, then I, everybody should start him. His floor should be thirty five rushing yards because that's what the number is against them and what you saw from him last week. So if you start with that, you factor in there's now a full game of tape on him. So there's going to be some different defensive approach a different defensive approach than what the saints took so that's why you have to bake the risk in so that's why he's not a top 12 guy that's why he's not a slam dunk by any stretch and and the only reason i make the comparison to Taysom hill is because when hill first started we knew he could run whatever he would do with his legs on top of that you you expected to be as a starter uh was going to be you know fantastic and he showed you that with the rushing touchdowns early so the reason I compare him to Taysom Hill is more of a fantasy situation. I, I, of course, he's a better thrower at this point because you've seen him do it. Mm-hmm. So he got you 22 points his first start against the Falcons. Didn't have to do much against the Broncos. Came back with a 24-point game against the Falcons again. That's the range for, for Hurts. There will be a turnover, maybe multiple turnovers. But what you get from these guys with their legs, it's hard to overlook. Yeah. And you know he's going to run. Okay. I think that's what keeps him toward the top of the streaming conversation, though. Is the rushing? Of course, That's why I was talking yeah. about the seventy yards, the one hundred yards, and all that stuff. Uh, and I, I can't start him over Cousins. I can't start him over Rivers. Those guys have just been playing much better. But after those guys, maybe I'm going to go with Goff over him too, just because it's the Jets. But I, I like him ahead of Trubisky for that reason. Okay, uh, and then Miles Sanders, you know, top fifteen, I believe, in the rankings. Dave is the high guy. It's not a it's not a difficult matchup or anything like that. It's just neither was Green Bay and he was horrible. But I guess you're thinking, Dave, that it's just that Jalen Hurts is opening things up for him. I think that's part of it, and I think the other part of it is that the Eagles went back to him last week and he got a workload that was much better that than what he had in the previous two games. And so I'll buy back into that and I'll say that he gets work in the passing game, can get 15 carries. I don't think it's going to be an an Arizona blowout where it just takes away the run aspect for Philadelphia. I think it'll be a competitive game, and I think Sanders will have a hand in it. 
Love that he got five targets last week. I think that's so huge for him, being involved in the passing game. When we've seen him involved in the passing game, his numbers certainly spike. And so I think that's that's huge, whether it was a byproduct of Doug Peterson going back to that or Hurts relying on that more. Do that. Do that often. Do it every week, and he'll still be a great running back. It's the short passing game that they had to really use because of Hurts starting. Okay. And because of the offensive line. I want to read this quote from Doug Peterson. He said it last week, last week, before the game. In order to get Jalen Hurts' success, you got to attempt and try to establish a little bit of the run game, and Miles Sanders can be a part of that. That's what he said, so that was that was the case. Um, you would start Akers or Sanders? Sanders. Akers for Jamie Sanders. For Jonathan Taylor or Sanders? Taylor, that's not close. DeAndre Swift or Sanders? Sanders. Sanders. Um... Okay. All right. I think that's a good range then. To sit the Eagles wide receivers and then Dallas Goddard is solid start. Dallas Goddard or <laughs> I, I, I he's a better PPR start than he is non PPR. But when Carson Wentz was under center and he's under pressure, he's looking for Goddard. When Jalen Hurts is under pressure, he runs. Yeah, well, he had four catches for 43 yards on six targets last week. One of the targets, he he pushed down the defender and was standing wide open for about three seconds before Jalen Hurts looked his way and threw at him. <laughs> Everything else was a real short throw. Okay. So, so Jared, I'm, I'm Jared, Cook, about Jared Cook or Dallas Goddard? I think I have Cook ranked higher. Goddard in PPR, Cook in non-PPR. All right. Um, Arizona's DST is... Eh. Ninth for Heath, but not not as high for Dave and Jamie. We're going to take a break. We're going to say goodbye to Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. When we come back. We got San Francisco. Hey, hey. Yeah. Got to go by. <laughs> yeah. San Francisco at Dallas is next, followed by the three games that we talked about a little bit earlier. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's go San Francisco at Dallas. Let me give you some stats about the wide receivers in this game. Brandon Ayuk has 115 yards or a touchdown in five straight games. And for Dallas, in their last seven games, they've given up 90 yards or a touchdown to 11 wide receivers in their last seven games. So we love Brandon Ayuk. I I think he's top, like, 13 for everyone. Meanwhile, let's take a look at how number one wide receivers have done against the Uh, Niners in the last four games. Michael Thomas had two catches for 27 yards on seven targets. Remember, that was Breeze got hurt in that game. Robert Woods had a decent game, seven catches for 80 yards. Cup was terrible, two catches for 41 yards. The Bills wide receivers were terrific, but for what it's worth, Diggs had only averaged nine yards per catch, but they were great. They, They crushed San Francisco. He caught all of his targets, and he had 10 of them. 10 catches for 92 yards. You know, you'd think he'd get more, but okay, good game for him. Beasley was huge. 
Terry McLaurin, though, 24 yards on six targets. So, you know, the Bills wide receivers were great. Nobody else really was. Woods was fine. Um, and Cooper's been very good, very consistently good. I think it's 79 yards or a touchdown in all five games with Andy Dalton. Maybe it's six games, all six games. Um, so what do you think about Amari Cooper this week, Dave? My note on the 49ers pass defense is that they get stung by great quarterbacks and they play well against bad quarterbacks. Yes. So where do you put Andy Dalton on that list? Great You're probably not going to call him a great quarterback, but he has given you between 19 and 24 fantasy points in three of his past four games. And I think last week was an example of what he can do as a passer, what he can do for his receivers when he's got time to throw. So I think Dalton can make Amari Cooper a nice number two receiver again this week. And I actually think it's going to be Michael Gallup who will be the next best receiver in Dallas ahead of CeeDee Lamb. He leads the team in targets over the last three games. He's got 24 targets. Two games ago, he was awesome. Last week, not so much. It's the story of his season. Yeah, but I, I, he, he's been the, in DFS. So he's going to be very popular because he's got a cheap price on DraftKings. But okay. I, I could see him continuing to have a, a sizable role as that other outside receiver for Dallas. So Amari Cooper, would you start him ahead of the Carolina wide receivers? I think I would. All right, uh, and then and it's DJ Moore I'm thinking about versus Cooper rather than Robbie. And I shouldn't say that Andy Dalton is a bad quarterback. He's closer to bad than great, but you know he's better than some of the other. He's better. He's than terrible the in, guys. in big spots, spotlight games against tough pass rushes. I don't think this is one of those games. Okay, Not so that th- this isn't me saying you should go pick up Andy Dalton off the waiver wire and start him. This is me saying that the receivers can be uh, Cooper. Cooper specifically should be good for your fantasy squad this week. And if you want to try Dalton in DFS, you could. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Nick Mullins is a is somewhat of a sleeper as long as he doesn't get yanked in the middle of the game, but he's thrown for well, 247 or more yards in five straight games. Nobody's starting him, and nobody's starting Dalton. But, but again, you could for see, DFS... You could see if, this game being like the Broncos... What was it? Broncos-Panthers last week? It's last just like week, where this, it was just surprisingly high yes, scoring and someone had four touchdowns. sneaky bonanza... You know, you could I could see that anyway. It could be a sneaky bonanza. Dallas has allowed multiple touchdowns to a quarterback in eight of their past 11 games, 20 fantasy points to six of those eight. I would like Mullins a lot better if George Kittle somehow made it onto the field. Yeah. But if he doesn't have Debo and he doesn't have Kittle, it's hard to look at Nick Mullins and take him seriously. So, so far, we haven't gotten to the running backs. So far, the only starts are Ayuk and Cooper. I think the tight ends, Dave, are just, they're just gambles, right? You know, like their nose, their start. Well, Ross Dwelly, no. Um, Reed's a gamble. Uh, Schultz is a gamble. They're a little bit safer in PPR. Reed might be a little more interesting with Debo not playing. Cowboys allow 4.98 yards per carry to running backs. That's terrible. The six most fantasy points to running backs. That's why we're excited about Jeff Wilson. Uh, They've actually allowed 5.4 yards per carry to running backs in their last four with five touchdowns. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I, I guarantee you that Kyle Shanahan's realized just how bad that run defense is. And he's scheming up fits to try and take advantage of Jalen Smith going the wrong way on like half of his snaps. All right. So, so I, I, I get like, we're, I'm very excited for him, for Jeff Wilson. For example, I have Wilson and I have the Bucks running backs. And even if Jones plays, I'm going to start Wilson over him. I'm going to start Wilson over JD McKissick in a PPR league. Uh, I, I'm very confident in him. But if Mostert plays, I'm, I can't start Wilson. 
unless we get a report that, oh, Mostert's going to play, but he's going to be limited. Then it might be different. But, you know, Mostert does have, uh, I think, nine more carries. He has nine more carries and five um, and two more catches over the last three games. Uh, but are you like, are you going to feel comfortable starting Mostert if he plays? Not particularly. I think I'm going to feel if if it if the snap share goes as it's been going, Wilson's going to play more. So well, I kind of like but Wilson not the touches. a little bit better. The touches haven't been that way. I know, I know, but something tells me that Wilson's going to have a decent game, if not a good game. I think it would make sense if they really focus on having him be the short yardage goal line guy. You won't see Wilson on third downs unless it's like a third and one. But I, I think that he's healthier, and I think the 49ers are concerned about making sure these guys stay healthy. And uh, I think Wilson's got a chance to have the better game than Mostert. I'm going to stick with it, even if Mostert's active. On the other side, the Niners have given up the sixth fewest fantasy points to running backs, 3.69 yards per carry. Only two running backs this season have had more than 68 rushing yards. They were both Rams, once Daryl Henderson, once Cam Akers. Um, so yeah, Zeke, Ugh, this guy, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. What can I say? That's going to make people feel good about starting Ezekiel Elliott. Don't say anything. Let me give you some flex questions. Amari Cooper or Zeke Cooper. Uh, what's the uh, Russell Gage or Zeke? I have gauged two spots higher in my PPR flex rankings than Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Can you believe that? That, that, that 2020 in a nutshell. But non-PPR and half-PPR, Zeke? I guess. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe not even here. in half-PPR. We're talking about, uh, you know, a guy who's struggling. You know, he's been solid in two of his last four games, but he's also been total crap in two of his last four games. So it's uh, it's risky. And that's uh, that's this game. Niners DST is 10th for Jamie, 20th for Dave, 5th for Heath. They, it's not. This is not like a, a joke of a team that turns the ball over. But like, well, I shouldn't say they have not been a good matchup in three of their last four games since Dalton has returned. So it's not a cake matchup for the Niners DST. Mm, you said cake. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Seven or fewer fantasy points to DSTs taking on the Cowboys. Three of the last four games is Friday night or Saturday night like your dessert night. Adam, have you seen my body? Well, every night is dessert I, night. I, no, it's not. You don't eat dessert. Oh, every night. I have. A, I at least have a Yasso bar every night. That's one of those Greek yogurts. Oh, they're so good. Fudge brownie is the the nuts. Every night you're having a fudge brownie bar. It's 120 calories. It loses the sugar content, Dave. That's what you got to look at. The sugar. Bad. I'm sure there's none. <laughs> Cleveland at the Giants. I. I tell me, like. Tell me to stop. I just have a feeling that Baker Mayfield's going to crush them. He's been playing mostly well the last couple of weeks. This should be a game that he has solid numbers in, maybe not great numbers in. We have seen the Giants secondary play well over the balance of the season. Not having Bradbury is obviously going to hurt them. But I don't. The Browns are one of those teams where if they don't have to throw a ton, they won't. Yeah, I know. It's and not, I don't think. And I don't think they have to throw a it, ton. It's not a feeling that I'm actually doing anything. It's not like I'm actually. It could be. Start it him. could be 195 yards and two touchdowns. Right. All right. So then it then Chubb and and Hunt are you know well Chubb's obviously a must start. Kareem Hunt is like a number two running back. You like him better than Zeke? 
I do like him better than Zeke. I am worried about just how much work Kareem Hunt's going to get because we have seen some games where he gets 12 touches. I, I feel like he's significantly more touchdown dependent than we let on. And you said you do like him more than Gallman. Um, I do not. I like oh, Gallman more than Hunt. All right. Would you start Dobbins or Hunt? Dobbins. Dobbins or Gallman? I have Gallman over Dobbins by one spot right now. But if those injuries at receiver, or if the COVID cases at receiver for Baltimore, I should say, they're not injuries. Uh, if they continue on and they Marquise Brown doesn't play in the game, I think we'll see a lot more of the run game for Baltimore. And Dobbins would go ahead of Gallman. The Cleveland wide receivers, do you like Landry better than Higgins? Yes. Do you like Landry better than... Well, we've talked about him quite a bit, I guess. But do you like him better? I like him as the best receiver in this game. Well, okay. And you can throw the tight ends in there, too. It's just target volume. He's that guy for Baker Mayfield. So, safer in PPR than in half or non. I probably would not want to trust Jarvis Landry in a half or non-PPR league. Okay, yeah, he's got uh, six or more catches, nine or more targets in three straight games, but in two of those games, he didn't even crack, you know, 60, 70 yards. He had 62 and 52 yards. He also had 143 yards against Jacksonville. Um, all right, so then how about Rashard Higgins or Russell Gage? Gage. Rashard Higgins or Tim Patrick? Patrick. Rashard Higgins or any Jaguars wide receiver? I have Higgins over Chark. Chark is my highest rated Jaguars receiver. Okay. Sit Austin Hooper. He's been bad. And, he didn't play last week. Oh, right. If he plays. But sit Njoku then if Cooper doesn't play. Oh, no, I think Hooper. I think the only tight so. end that you even consider playing in this game is Evan Ingram. And if it's Colt McCoy, you're not going to have much confidence in Evan Ingram. And if, it, and if, if it's, it's Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones, you might not have that much confidence in Evan Ingram. Uh, Gallman. Yeah, Gallman's. Look, I think they got to really, if they have any prayer, they got to really run run the ball as much as they can. So hopefully he gets uh, gets his work. He only had 12 carries last week, but he did pretty well with them. 57 yards. He also had he three had catches. one really good series where he like I thought for most of the game he played poorly. But I, if I remember watching, there was one series where he was just gashing. And so hopefully they just they do dedicate themselves to him. It was the drive that ended with the Deion Lewis touchdown. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the week. Yeah. Um, Browns have allowed five touchdowns, 4.9 yards per carry to running backs in their past three. That does include last week against the Baltimore Ravens, who are a really good team. Five yards per carry, three touchdowns. Baltimore's really good at running the ball. Giants aren't even in the same class. But there's some evidence there that they're not so hot running okay. the football. Yeah, they also or, stunk. Or against the run, I should say. They stunk against James Robinson. They've been very inconsistent. because In between bad games against James Robinson and Baltimore, they held Derrick Henry to 15 carries for 60 yards. But, uh, yeah, it's more about, I think, just we don't expect the Giants to score a lot of points. You don't love running backs on teams that aren't going to score a lot of points. It's risky. Uh, To our next game, Carolina is at Green Bay. Discouraging stat of the game if you are facing Aaron Rodgers, which, of course, I am. Four (laughs) of the last five quarterbacks... Four of the last five quarterbacks to face the Panthers have scored 31 or more points. They are Brady, Mahomes, Cousins, and Drew Locke. Oh, man. Rasul Douglas was wearing the clown suit last week. I think he got benched in the game, and that still leaves them pretty thin at cornerback in Carolina, and they have a hard time getting pressure on quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is going to have another monster game. You know, the Panthers' defense was a really nice story for about half the year. They have been 
as bad. They've been pretty bad, kind of what we were expecting. They'll be one. Lately. They'll they're going to be a great defense as soon as next year. They've got some great pieces. Yeah, man. They Eric do. Brown is awesome. Gross Matos is awesome. Uh, they they probably need a little bit more on the path. Brian Burns is great. They need a little bit more in the back seven, but they'll get it. And Jeremy they're Chin has been a big win for them, and they have another rookie corner. I think has played pretty well. Troy Pride has been starting. I don't know if he's been playing well. It was not the guy I was thinking of. I know he was injured for a little bit, but whatever. Yeah, Chin's great. Um, all right, so the Packers, you know what to do. Do you have any interest in MVS, though? I do as a... Well, hell, I'm, I'm, I just played Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, and I'm down big. I need to take a shot. I need a, I need a deep ball guy. He's probably among the best deep ball boomer bust receivers that you could start this week because of the matchup and because of his quarterback. All right, then let's go to the and Tunyon is a must start guy at this point. You yeah. have to at this yeah, point. Yeah. And I would start MVS over Lazard. Right. By the way. He's been playing more than Lazard. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's got twenty or more points in six point per passing touchdown leagues in six of his last nine games. He's fairly productive. So how would you compare him with like, you know, Baker Mayfield, Trubisky, those those guys? I almost feel like I'm underselling Bridgewater by saying that he's not quite in that group. And part of it is because the Packers have held five of the last seven quarterbacks to 16 or fewer Whoa, fantasy points. Oh, breaking news. What you got? Drew Brees will start this week. That's what I was getting called about. I got a call during the podcast and it distracted me when I was talking about the Browns run defense. Sorry, and, uh, I, I shouldn't I have interrupted you like that. I just saw it and I... Whoa! Well, that means Taysom Hill is not going to be a good start for for Week 15. But Drew Brees will he be? Uh, I think he's going to be okay. Is Michael Thomas playing? Yeah, sure. I because mean, is, is I mean, that that's one end? of the big things. One of the reasons why I really like Taysom Hill was because I thought the Saints would just lean on the run a lot, and maybe they still will with Drew Brees there. But Brees is going to need to have his full complement of weapons available. All right, let's finish this game, and then we'll talk about Breeze real quick. Um, Mike Davis is top 12 and top 10 in PPR, so just start yep. him. And it, we're, he's back in our good graces after last week. And then we kind of talked about the uh, wide receivers here. We talked about this earlier in the show, but Robbie Anderson, is it's DJ Moore followed by Robbie Anderson and then Curtis Samuel? Is that how you yes, rank Yes, that's him? how I have it, and I've got Moore and Anderson back-to-back. If I had more confidence in Robbie Anderson as a red zone threat, I'd put him ahead of DJ Moore, but I don't. He has no red zone touches this year. I believe he has 10 red zone targets this year and three targets inside the 10. But you got them in your top 20 in PPR. In P- because he gets a lot of targets and he's usually good for like a, a six for 70 or maybe even seven for 70. Look, I, it, it's kind of, it, it's all pretty much become a byproduct of Bridgewater throwing short, which is also what this offense is. He's a good fit for what they want to do. They don't want to take a lot of chances downfield. They will occasionally do it. I think Moore has ended up... I, I don't want to say this for sure, but I almost want to say that Moore has more deep ball targets this year than Robbie. But th- they're both in play to get a lot of targets because I figure they're going to be playing from behind. All right, well, you got him a start, so you can start these uh, these Carolina wide receivers. You can start the Green Bay DST as well. Um, all right, so the Drew Brees news, where do you think you're going to... Ra- Let's say Michael Thomas plays. Where are you going to rank Drew Brees? And we are ranking Michael Thomas as if he is going to play. Hopefully he practices on Friday. Breeze would be, I, 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 the original thought, like if I'm talking stream of consciousness here, um, he'd be in that mix with Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers and probably toward the top of it. My, one of my favorite stats in the game is that Kansas City's allowed 27 fantasy points to five of the last seven quarterbacks they face. I know, but so why not 
Okay. Why not higher than that? He might be. I'm hoping that that this is the. Is he better than Deshaun Watson? Is he that? That's the next guy. Look, uh, Dave, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this is like the high scoring game. Remember the Niners Saints game last year? Absolutely. And there's a chance that this could be it. Yeah. uh, So Breeze has been so freaking good this year. Yeah. And he's done it basically without Michael Thomas the entire time. So I'm really, I'm hoping for a mega bonanza. So if you were ranking Drew Brees, would you put him ahead of Russell Wilson then, for example? I would put him ahead of Kyler Murray. I would probably put him behind Russell Wilson. But don't listen to me. I'm not the guy who does the rankings. I I think the tough spot would be the Wilson-Kyler-Tannehill group with Brady. Like Brady, Wilson, Kyler, (coughs) Tannehill. Those are consecutive for you. You were right about just how well he had been playing. There was a four-game stretch before he got hurt. 30, 23, 27, 23 fantasy points. Right, without Michael Thomas. Yeah, that's a, that's and, a great And by point. the way, this is amazing news for Kamara. Um, yes, The absolutely. Chiefs' defense has been pretty crappy lately. So the only thing that concerns me is health. But if okay. he's healthy and they say he's healthy, like, it, it put it this way, if this were a normal week... Michael Thomas were playing. Breeze had been playing. There is no injury, whatever. I think he'd be like top three. Th- that's how good, you know, th- I think this would be a 40 to 30 kind of game or whatever, you know, 35, 34 kind of game. That's how I would view it. Um, so it really comes down to how concerned you got to be about the, you know, just his status and his rust. Well, if they're saying he's going to play, uh, there's no snap count issue. You can't worry about things like you might've worried about with Keenan Allen, you know, in the wake of Keenan Allen, everybody's going to be concerned about somebody coming back from injury or playing and not hundred percent, but it's not like he was dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, it was his rib cage. And as long as he doesn't take a ton of hits, I would imagine he'll play the whole game. Yeah. And he was Dave, very effective before Schefter and says so, the doctors think he's fully healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm, okay. I'm fired up, man. Like, Easily over yeah, I am too. And it was Let's never go. an issue about him being like a streaming quarterback. It was just starting to measure him. Like the starting point to measure him was versus Cousins versus Rivers. I think it's easy to put him ahead of those guys. Easy to put him ahead of of uh, Deshaun Watson and Ryan Tannehill. So yeah, he's, he's going to end up being close to a top five quarterback for me. Okay. I hope I didn't influence you too much or anything like that. But. Absolutely not. Okay, good, good, good. Because I like what you're saying. I just want to well, make what, sure that what, it's... what everybody just heard was how I think about rankings initially before I start digging into, you know, data and matchups and film and all that stuff. It's, I find a starting point with a player versus another player and I go up from there and that's exactly what happened in real time on the podcast. Home team watch party presented by Lowe's breeze versus Mahomes. See us Sunday at four o'clock jets at Rams. I don't think we have to talk much about this, but um, do you have the Rams wide receivers? Cause we talked about it earlier. Rewind earlier in the show to the startometer segment. We talked about this game. We also talked about acres even earlier in the show. Acres is a top, like top 12 stardom. Um, golf is top 15 jets sit them all. Uh, we should talk about Tyler Higby. We'll end with that. But do you have the Rams wide receivers ahead of the Panthers wide receivers? I do not. I've got the Panthers wide receivers ahead. Okay, but you do have the Rams in your top 24? I've got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in my top 24. I probably have Cup a little too high. Okay. I mean, I, I really tried to dig into this. The Like, for example, I looked at all of the wide receivers against the Jets in games uh, just in Julio Jones out this week. Um, okay, in games that we, the we Jets... Stop the, everything from that. Right, uh, in games that the Jets have lost by 17 or more fantasy, more points, um, how did the wide receivers do in blowouts? San Francisco, bad. Colts wide receivers, bad. 
Hopkins, 131 yards. Kirk had 78 yards. Dolphins wide receivers, bad. Kansas City wide receivers, great. Second game against the Dolphins, Parker at 119 yards. Last week against Seattle, very good. Not a lot of yards, but three or four touchdowns. Three of them scored. So lately, the blowout games have been fine for the wide receivers. Early in the year, they were bad. Um, it's, it's again, it's like the second week in a row where it's like, I have to start them, but I'm a little nervous. It's almost every week with them. <laughs> it's kind of true. And Tyler Higby, well, first of all, I mean, like Everett has gotten more target, like one more target, 20 more yards the last two games. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just looking at one game. But anyway, Everett and Higby have been fairly similar, yet everybody has Higby much higher. And you've got him 14th, 18th in PPR. So I think he's a candidate yeah. to score a touchdown. It's as simple as that. The Jets have allowed at least one touchdown and or 64 yards to a tight end in seven of their past eight games. And I think Higby and Everett are both playing a little bit more. They are lately. They are. Jacob I don't know Gibbs how many routes they're that. running. Yeah. But, uh, Jacob Gibbs has a stat on that on the uh, Saturday episode of Fantasy Football Today in Five. But the Jets have allowed six touchdowns to tight ends in their last three games. Wow. All right, that's it for today's show. Love the breeze news. That was fun. Thanks to Dave and to Jamie and for all of you. To all of you for listening. Have a great weekend. Talk to you on the mailbag and again on Sunday morning. See ya. Go win your damn league. Yeah. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.